Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell <no>. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome to, to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it will be all right. It will be all right. It will be all right. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. So hit that hashtag. That's the number sign for you old people. M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Yep, that's it. Join the conversation. Hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in to Marsha's Plate. Hey. So uh, congratulations is or the Dimbisiki. Congratulations. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Listen, congratulations it is in order for Philadelphia. For what? They won the Super Bowl. Do you watch the Super Bowl? <laughs> you don't seem like a girl that watched the Super Bowl today. Because well, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I don't like football like that. Well, I did see Kevin, Kevin, uh, almost said Kevin Gates, child. Kevin Hart oh. tried to get on stage, child, and they mushed him right on off. Like, <laughs> okay. Wait, is he from Philadelphia? I don't know. Is he, is he from Philadelphia? I don't know. Oh, I don't watch the Super Bowl. I am not a sports person at all. But congratulations, Philadelphia. I think it's their first time winning ever. Really? So that's a big deal. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. I know it was a party in the city. Oh, oh, oh Lord. That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely an understatement. Baby, they they was wearing downtown out. They were tearing off um, Turn si- traffic signs. If I know white people. <laughs> turning over cars. If I know white people well when it comes to victories, they were turning over cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were burning things. <laughs> they were just vandalizing the whole city because that's what white people do when they win things. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big celebration. Let's big violent si- situation. For no reason. But then when, <laughs> you know, when, you know, when the black people protest for you cops murdering our people. <laughs> they're so savage. <laughs> I savage can't trick. believe they're taking it to the streets. What? <laughs> the gag of it all. I can't believe this. <laughs> just animals. But so. for real, the, on a real note, just the way that like I don't know. It seemed like that was okay. Like being able to to celebrate your victory in that way. 
tearing up shit and and it wasn't a protest but it it didn't seem like the cops really I mean they did what they had to do but it wasn't like they did when you know black people riot not riot but when they stand up for what they want in retrospect it seemed like it was okay like oh this is okay you're not you know you're not standing up for anything or you're not doing this in a malice intent you know just you're just you're just celebrating a victory you're just so but, happy happy white people can tear shit up it's yeah. just something about this country that says Happy white people can tear shit up and pillage and steal and vandalize and rape people and, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. They can do whatever they want when they're happy because the happiness of whites is the priority, especially Indeed. for the state. <laughs> well, um, I think I think I saw some of the comparisons um, of like Ferguson and the vandalism. And I have to say. Although I see the parallels, but, ah, you know, this is uh, at the risk of me seeming like I'm cooning. (laughs) I do feel like the context is a little bit different. They still tearing shit up, of course. But as far as cops is concerned, if you are killing an unarmed guy and you're a cop and you kill him, people who protest against that, you are the direct enemy of those people like you have killed somebody and left them in the street for hours and hours and hours we saw you we we know that you did wrong there's no justice happening in here and you guys are that the state is the enemy in in the context of them celebrating the cops are not the direct enemy like nobody is really enemy they just kind of tearing it up (laughs) and yes the cops should do something because both are wrong let me say you could say both are illegal. I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to say both are wrong, because honey, if some injustice you stand up for what you want, yeah, that you definitely. stand up. That's a part of the fabric of, um, you know, protesting is a part of our fabric, and when you're doing too much, that's that's a part of American culture to protest it, mm-hmm. even white people. Right. The Boston Tea Party, we remember that. <laughs> remember when <laughs> so we were there? Yeah, you remember when we were at that place and we the white people were tearing shit up because people were doing stuff wrong. Um, um, so I don't want to say they're wrong, but it's still illegal to tear shit up, to vandalize things. But I think the t- context is different f- from a cop's perspective going into the situation. Mm-hmm. If I'm going into Ferguson, I know I'm the enemy. Right. <laughs> if I'm going into the streets of Philadelphia where these drunks celebrating people are, I'm not really the enemy. I'm just the person that's supposed to come in and stop y'all from tearing shit up and maybe let y'all slide because I know y'all happy because I'm happy because we won the Super Bowl. I think the context and the level is different mm-hmm. to make that uh, comparison. I can see the parallels, but it's like, mm. I don't like the comparison because you're comparing reckless celebratory vandals to who's who who are tearing shit up for no reason to people who are mm, protesting for a really great reason injustice that's happening to them out of sadness and despair and desperation and you know it it's just kind of two different things and then you're comparing cops who are coming in a situation where people are celebrating to 
cops who are coming to a situation where they are the enemy, they are the state, they are the people who have done wrong. They are protecting things that are wrong. So I think, uh, I just think the mindsets are different on both sides for the comparison to be kind of valid. I don't know. But you're, I can kind of see When you're it. trying to, when they're protesting, no one's coming out there with a, a malice mind. Like, oh, we're Yeah, they're hurt and they want justice. Yeah. It's, um, now, is there a, a few bad apples? Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, there's some that motherfuckers is like, shit. I'm I don't start, get it, I want to twirl. I want to twirl. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel you because I feel like that sometimes <laughs> in situations. I'll be like, ooh, I'm not <laughs> yeah, trying to yeah. talk and be civil and be the respectable negro i want one of you bitches to try me yeah i want i'm coming out here to push some buttons and i want one of you bitches to let me push them and (laughs) try it (laughs) so sometimes i feel like that but mm, i don't know but anyway we don't need to talk about this long i wish people would come together as far as trans people when we get killed oh but let's not get into that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, cause don't nobody go to st- don't nobody go to the streets for us, baby. <laughs> you know. Oh, that comparison! Like I always look at that. I always look at that when, like, I'm looking at social media and somebody has passed that's black and trans, mm-hmm. and I, I look at like the view in the comments. And I think I mentioned this before on another mm-hmm. episode, like just the way people really just disregarded like oh oh well they kind of had it coming and then like if somebody hetero that's black dies it's like oh my god like not the white people the white people don't do that the black people yeah the black people are like oh my god i can't believe and they they come to their defense Mm -hmm. like you know even even, if they are in the wrong Amen. They could have went in the house and robbed him, but they didn't have to kill him. He was a they young man. To, and they didn't have to do that, or they didn't have to um, use that much force and blah, 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 blah. But when it comes to trans folks and us dying, specifically black trans women, mm. well, if they didn't, if they wasn't dressing up, and if, if they would, wouldn't be tricking folks, you got to understand that, that sometimes you can get killed. Sometimes people re, re, will react harshly. Just be a man. Mm-hmm. Just be a man. Just be a man. You know, <laughs> we get what we deserve, but it's somehow when, you know, a black person dies, black folks ain't, ain't on no, they get what they deserve. It's like, oh, you need to deal with them with kid gloves but then the white people are like no he got what he deserved you see the parallels mm-hmm. how they look at us the way y'all look at i mean they look at regular black folks cisgender black folks white people look at cisgender black folks being unjustly over killed by the police the way cisgender black folks look at us being unjustly killed by our peers mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, see yeah, that, yeah. like to okay. be trans and see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I saw a lot of white people like um when one of the young trans men died, he committed suicide. I saw a lot of white trans. His name is Blake Brockington. Mm-hmm. I saw him everywhere. As far as him, like it'll be like a one-two. But was a trans folk sharing him? Was it trans folks or? Uh, it was like LGBT people. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think you know, of that. Our, our group. <laughs> you know, but right. was it? You, who, can you count on your hand? But they was white. Oh. Yeah. Well, how many people were 
That's nice. <laughs> Thanks for doing the little bit that you do. We appreciate you sharing Posting the links. the Tumblr. Can we get some of those resources? <laughs> right? <laughs> Can we get some of those resources? Um, you know, not just a link share. Anyway, <laughs> since you are getting funding for us, no shade. <laughs> right. Um. So, what's... What are we talking about today? Because we this wouldn't be wouldn't supposed to be this long on no damn Super Bowl, and none of, <laughs> none of us motherfuckers watch the Super Bowl at all. <laughs> at all. Oh. I don't anyway, <laughs> so we're gonna talk about today on the plate. We're gonna just honor some trans people that inspired us. Black trans Black people specifically because this is what Marsha's Black, Black History Month. This is Black History Month, and what? Marsha's friend. Right. <laughs> so this is Black History Month. So we're going to talk about people that inspired us. So we kind of got a list of some names. Not a lot. <laughs> but just some people that kind of stand out for us who, um, you know, who just, who are a part of black trans history. Yeah, so I'm not even famous. It's just like sometimes you're regular old Joe or Jill. Joe Sloan. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, mine, um, one of them, his name is Shane Ortega. He's like, a, he was in the military, a black trans man in the military, was one of the first openly trans men in the military. And I thought he was super dope because I, I like how he didn't care to be visible. Um, another one, Janet Mock, for the obvious reasons, very educated. Um, lady, I was about to say young lady, but you know, I don't really know how old she is, so I'm not gonna say young lady. So, she is young, <laughs> she is young. but yeah, she's awesome. And you and Diamond, of course, oh, because y'all taught me a lot, so you know, y'all educated me on a lot of things for the obvious. Um, Seven King, he uh created a web series on YouTube called Eden's Garden. And it was so dope to me because I rarely saw black trans men all together in one type of project or just like in general, like black trans men haven't been visible. So I just thought it was really dope, like passable, like not to be shady, but like passable trans men. I just thought it was dope. I think oh. they. I think it was a pretty cool um, Eden. Eden's Garden. Garden was really cool because trans men like you said are silenced a lot and you you'll see them they'll have that token little trans person on the side right. <laughs> or that one it'll be a tons of trans women and that one trans man in the situation right. um you know and so i think that was an epic little web series because mm -hmm. you know it featured y'all and he, i thought he, it was cool yeah he touched on a lot of important topics mm -hmm. in the community too and i just thought it was really dope Perfect especially, example. yeah, especially me being young into my transition and then seeing that and then hearing the normalcy of everything. It's like, oh, dope. And it was a perfect example of how we have to, if we want to see ourselves, we got to create shit for ourselves. Right, exactly. It was that, but you get what I'm saying? Like, just like we're doing here, like, we want to hear trans commentary. Why the fuck we not doing a trans podcast? And so that's what we did, right? You feel right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's the same type of thing. We want to see a show with 
featuring black trans men. So, hey, let me create one. And that was a perfect example. And it's, it inspired me, too. Right. So I liked it. Um, also, another one, my last one that I could think about. I'm sure there's many I can't think about. But um, another one's Teak Milan. He also became visible when I started to first transition. And he's an activist and just a dope person in general. Like, just a, like a real business-minded type cat. I like it. Mm. I like Teak because, um, first of all, Teak just had a baby. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Yes, well, his wife just had a baby. They both <laughs> just became parents. Hey, Kim. Hey, Teak. So they just had a they just had a baby, and it's so beautiful because they've been trying, and I just know they are going to make some fucking bomb-ass fucking parents. They are just loving and... Uh, oh cool ass people yeah, they're just <laughs> great people so um i remember i met teak um the first time i met him was in atlanta he was one of the um at fitcon i was the host of fitcon and he was one of the keynote speakers for um fitcon is a bodybuilding competition based in atlanta for trans men and I, me and my husband, Neo, is one of the founding members of it. And he mm-hmm. created um, he created the conference around wellness and about and really super focused on trans men. And it's a fitness conference. And so um, Teak was one of the first people to speak as one of the keynotes during the conference. And I met him there and he was so cool. The first time I saw him was in some kind of video and they were explaining he was that Turk token trans person in the video and he was basically explaining how he only dates cisgender women and when i heard him say that i was like oh that's me like that's my that's how i think too i only date cisgender men and and it kind of put me in a position kind of to set me up for a lesson later (laughs) because i thought i was like oh he thinks like me yeah i thought that was me too i was like yeah wait hold on this trans girl is pretty fine so, so I, you know, <laughs> once I saw him, you know, things change after that. And um, because he was so beautiful, because you know my type, dark skin, <laughs> dark skin, big lips. I was like, ooh, he's so fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, he was all of that. So it was just surprising to see. He actually was one of the first trans men that was my type, like the type that I like to look at. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm. This could I, be I'm like, I ain't seen nothing that look like that. I seen the pretty boys, <laughs> but I ain't seen none. And not that he's not a pretty boy, but you know the that. normal, you tall, know that. Yeah, he's dark, tall, dark, yeah, <laughs> tall, dark, handsome. Mm, what out? What out, Kim? So, and it just it just set me up to say, oh, well, this is interesting. And then, um, and then when I met him, he was so cool, down to earth, um. And Kiki, he's Kiki's. He is a Kiki. <laughs> <laughs> he is a Kiki. Very, very funny, and will play the dozens with you. Real messy, real in a fun, messy kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, so he just had a great personality. It was just so on point and smart and intelligent, and knew how to be down to earth and not. Oh, I'm an activist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he was nowhere near that. He just was really cool. That's and so. He definitely is somebody that inspired me too. What about you, Mia? What's who's on your list of people? Well, 
I def- definitely, Diamond, you're one of them. Like, oh. you know, because when I first started, um, well, not when I first started transitioning, but like while I was transitioning, I lived in a place uh, where there wasn't a lot of girls. So I used to look at your, your different YouTubes and kind of like relate to them. And they inspired me to be some other person I am today. So, um, Oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, my brother. Um, my well, my house brother. I haven't been participating in a ballroom <laughs> in years, darling. <laughs> Malik Prodigy. Okay. Um, he's a trans man, and uh, he was one of the first guys that told me about insurance and how you could pay for different operations and just the different effects that testosterone had and stuff. And I never like he was the first trans man I ever like came in contact with so i thought that was pretty inspiring for me just to just to be able to relate to someone like that and Mm. he was able to show me a different just a different outlook and um who else oh octavia octavia saint laurent oh i really really virginia slims girl (laughs) i really love her personality like whenever you've seen her on any interview, she was loud, proud on Paris is burning. She just she just seemed so full of life and positive. Like whenever you look at certain clips of like people talking about her, they talk about how how important she was and how just how sweet and kind she was. And not even that, just that, it's just she just seemed like a positive person. I mm. just I, I liked her a lot. I did too. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her and um ball scene trying to think oh there's a lot of ball girls that really you know all that the whole Paris is burning generation um really made some impact on culture Mm -hmm. that whole that movie was kind of epic it kind of gave a little glimpse not total you know not just a, a whole wide vision of our world but a little glimpse of us and it w- it it allowed some of us who were around at that time um, to see our peers, see somebody like ourselves. And I didn't watch Paris and Burn until um, I don't even remember. It was it was in the two thousands. I didn't, you know, because I wasn't in the Boston. Yeah, I'm a country Midwest Southern girl, so that was nowhere near on our radar in regards to that. But just seeing people like myself. Um, coming up in the world and trying to survive, um, it just kind of was really important for me to see a film like that, and I didn't know that it existed. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else? Um, so many, so many people. Tracy Africa. Oh yeah, Tracy Africa. I did say that earlier. Yeah, Tracy Africa. Of course, I've I've talked about her story before. Just how she was able to go and accomplish her career as a model and be who she wanted to be. And, of course, you know what happened. She ended up having to stop and because of somebody outing her out and things of that nature. But then she was able to, like, make a a, a pivotal comeback and be, in the, be a new Clairol girl. Yeah. You know, because she was the Clairol box girl back then, and then to do a full circle moment and be on a new Clairol commercial for her 
That was kind of great. That's kind of epic. Mm-hmm. Not making history still. Right. Um, um, else was? That was a powerful story for me because we ta- we kind of take for granted how open we can be nowadays. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right. We take for granted how open we can be. And there was a time when you really could not survive. Like, I got a job now. I make, I'm not rich, but I make about 57K a year at my job. Not a lot of money, but enough for me to survive in Houston because the cost of living is really cheap here. Um, so I can be at my job and they know my tea. If I wanted to, I don't discuss it, (laughs) but if I wanted to, (laughs) it wouldn't be a problem. Like, I feel like it wouldn't be, wouldn't be a full problem where I feel like I would get fired. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of trans girls that's out here that if they have the privilege of passing and some of them who don't, they, they are out here working. But it was a time when you could not work if you, if your tea was out, like you could not work, period. (laughs) <laughs> like I remember I think I, on, on our on Marsha's Plates very first episode it's called Daddy's Lessons I talk about um, my father's friend trans friend mm-hmm. and how when I met him he was a boy but he had pictures of himself when he was a yeah, girl yeah yeah and so and he was like it was a t- he was like back in my he said y'all got it good nowadays because now y'all it like it used to be I would get jobs because I was passable enough to get in, but as soon as somebody got mad at me or as soon as somebody got a whiff from outside of my job and they call and tell my tea and it gets out, I was fired immediately. Like it was it wasn't even uh and I didn't have anything I could do about it. And she said she would get job after job after job after job and be fired when they found out her tea. Wow. And it and, and that's it, actually one of my fears now, but I don't know why. Mm. <laughs> and it, it's, is it not a possibility now? Fuck yeah, it's a possibility. Yeah. But we have come a long way from yeah. the 80s and the 70s and the 60s, of course. <laughs> so, and even listening, one of my one of my people that I admire, Miss um, Major, Major Macy Griffin. I'm going to make sure I'm saying her name right. Miss Major. <laughs> yes. Miss Major. Major. There's a whole film called Major um, about her. She 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 kind of taught me that in regards to the history. Like there was times when that you would be actually incarcerated for dressing like a woman. Like literally, how many how many people do you know have been locked up by the police for being dressed as trans? for being in in their uh, the clothes of their identity i've never seen it i've never seen it do you know she comes from a time when you could be arrested for and the law was called masquerading (laughs) you could be arrested if you were in women's clothes and you were male or men's clothes if you were female like you could be arrested y'all don't know anything about that i don't know i'm older than y'all so i know y'all don't know anything about it Uh, uh, so i don't come at that time and these people who um the lady lavas the miss majors um brave you know these the marcia p johnson our namesake those people who stood up for our rights and who walked that walk every single day um back in the day they set the standard for us to be where we are right now so that's kind of to me that's powerful that's powerful history because you know i can only imagine 
making those decisions back then where you had to re- like really you could be locked up for dressing up <laughs> that <laughs> that's kind of crazy Ooh. we can't even imagine it now I so um so like i was gonna say um miss majors um monica roberts monica roberts um just being our trans griot our journalist who puts out news from trans perspective um i remember when i first started getting on the internet um when i would search for trans issues or search for trans topics like when i was doing research on is there a trans that did this is there a trans that did that who's the first trans that did, 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 did. when i would google it her site is the one that would come up her site and she would get she had resources to she had she had went through the ebony archives like all the ebony archives like jet magazine and ebony and there was trans folks that were in movies back in the 70s and back in really yeah who was who who, like the first jet trans woman who was on the jet magazine as the jet girl jet beauty of the week they didn't know her she was trans but she was on there you see what i'm saying like she she had all of these information and these resources because she went she thought it was important to to document the trans history and so she's like our storyteller she she's like our journalist she's like that so she you know she's one of the most powerful people right now for me in my life just being a person who creates a space and a lane for herself to honor trans folks so monica roberts is one for me um another person is dr courtney ziegler so Courtney, I met Courtney at um the Trans Faith Summit in Los Angeles 2010. Um it was basically he was th- they featured his film at the summit. And his film was uh it, it just was about it's called um Still Black. I think it's called Still Black. Yeah, I th- yeah. And it, it tried to watch that. and it features black trans men talking about their story, talking about their experiences, and um it just was amazing. And I, I loved it. It was it was a visionary, it was groundbreaking, it was and really everything that Courtney does is like a fucking visionary thing. It's not no bullshit, it's not no cookie cutter. I've seen this before, shit. Courtney does some epic ass shit that affects the world. It's not just like, for example, Courtney um was the first black trans person to graduate with a doctor's degree at Northwestern. Oh, wow. He this film that he created with his own money, film shooting it and filming it for himself, it was award winning and groundbreaking. What film do you know featured trans men? What documentary? None. None. Yeah. None at the time. And this came out prior to 2010. So mm-mm. then he, right now, what's fucking epic that he's doing right now is he has an app called Appalition. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a app and abolition put together. And the app, it allows you to, when you make purchases, the change from your purchase, just a change. Like say you say you spend 89 um $32.89. That $11, that, that 11 cents changed, if you round it up, will donate 
to a fund that goes to bailing people out of jail because we know that because of this fucking justice system that a lot of people are in jail for bullshit crimes because they can't afford to get out. They can't afford to be bailed out. They can't afford five, $1,000, $3,000, not because they're in there for just tons of crimes, like oh my god i did this murderous spree <laughs> it's not something crazy it's just some bullshit petty shit and i really i'm too poor because i'm black <laughs> i'm too poor because of the capitalist system that we live in to you know i'm a victim of society and i'm too poor to be able to afford to get out so he created an app where we can volunteer to donate to bail people out how fucking epic is that? So Courtney inspires me to do epic things, to be better and do things that change the world because everything he does is visionary and I fucking love it. That's what's um, up. Um, I definitely want to shout out all the girls in my hometown. Um, shout out. Because you would not see the woman that you see today if it wasn't for them and it's not because like they were just these amazing epic women because some of them was shady as fuck <laughs> but you still some... show me something <laughs> but you still fucking show me something you show me what i didn't want to be <laughs> <laughs> you show me the importance of sisterhood sometimes because you were my sister and you showed it and sometimes it was because you wasn't my sister because mm-hmm. you were shady <laughs> um it, so it's multiple reasons but i but they're out here living some of them are dead some of them are not but be, but they the the community that they created the world that we all lived in fostered who you see today and i am proud of who i am mm-hmm. so let me say um my best friend deja mm-hmm. um Ty, if you've been watching me since In Trans yes. Heart, <laughs> Ty, she um still one of my best friends. Um, Vanessa, Vanessa Ross, she's been on the show a couple of times. Yes. That's one of my best friends. Um, um, Zori Zanel, um, Strabella, be a goddess. She passed away. Um, Stacia Renee Onassis. Um, Sandra, Sizzling Sandra. Um, who else? Who else? Who else? Just all the girls from Indy. I love them. Um, even some of the girls from Jackson, Mississippi. Carmen, um, Tiffany. You know, just all the girls. The girls from Houston. Mia, um, Boo, Bray, uh, Anna, Alexis, <laughs> Red. Um, just all these girls because they taught me something. Just being in my life and um, sometimes it's just them being in my corner. Sometimes it's just listening to um, them having some strengths about them that I wish I had. And it just inspired me to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of stuff. So it's just it's a lot of people that's been in my life that's trans that... You know, that allowed me to be me, that allowed me, that gave me the blueprint. Mm -hmm. Maybe not all of it. They may not piece every puzzle together, but Uh they were one piece to to a bigger picture. And so, you know, I think it's amazing to honor our black trans folks. Right. I think so, too. Current and 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 dead. dead. Mm -hmm. 
Moved Especially the ones current. Give give the girls their flowers while they're here. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Angelica Ross, Laverne. We already said Jenny Mock. Trey. Oh. I love Trey. She's honorary black. Like, <laughs> she white, but she honorary <laughs> black. <laughs> I love Trace. Oh. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, she's one of the people that I love. Madison. That's my white exception. Madison, Madison, too. Yeah, Hell, fuck yeah. Let's, uh, and we're not no motherfucking respectable. You ain't got to be respectable to fucking um, move me right. to, to inspire me and sense mm-hmm. of foundation because we're not going to sleep on the fact that Madison... She put black hood, ghetto, that sexy, you know, what we see at the fucking cisgender clubs, the black club. The be, you know, when you look at a, a strip club, a white strip club, and a black strip club, it's two different things. These bitches is modeling and twirling and do their <laughs> little weird ass shit on the pole. Black women, when they at the strip club, they doing tricks, booty bouncing, booty bouncing and they, you get what I'm saying? It's a little bit more our kind of culture. And that's what fucking Madison did to the porn industry, the trans porn industry. She put black trans on the map. She put, she made it sexy to be us. That big ass booty, big ass dick, all the shit that was sexy to be us. So motherfuckers talk shit about her, and I'm getting kind of passionate because it, it annoys me. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you brought her up. Be, you get what I'm saying? I'm glad that you brought her up because I never got to give her her rides because, you know, she's doing her thing now, so I don't really, we don't really talk, uh, we don't really talk about people and, and give credit when credit's due. She made it okay for... Muslim motherfucker, right? To, and and <laughs> and the image of us to be sexy, mm-hmm. just like Pinky with the pink hair, the cisgender woman Pinky. Mm-hmm. She had that <laughs> light skin, big old booty. She how she made a mark in the fucking black mm-hmm. entertainment. That's what fucking Madison did for trans black trans women. She made a sexy genre of that hood kind of ghetto. Um, big booty, sexy image of black trans women. Now you may not like it. You may think that that's not respectable, but you just you just whack. <laughs> you simple minded. You, ju- you just simple minded, and you don't you don't understand the connection between the sexual world and the real world. Right. Because it's definitely a connection. It's a connection. It's how so we hear. Right. She and she <laughs> ma- she made it okay, like Josephine Baker and Dorothy Dandridge did, just in porn for the trans girls. Then became a boss. I'm going to own my videos. I'm going to shoot my own videos. I'm going to create my own entertainment company so that motherfuckers are not exploiting me like Groovy. Oh, baby, Groovy. Them trying to take (laughs) pictures of me and putting me on this where this motherfucking, these people is making money, but I'm not making money off my image. Mm -hmm. She took her own image and fucking made her own way. And that's fucking epic. And then she. (laughs) <laughs> and then of although her new internet fame came from the 22 inches thing and that was kind of exploiting her dick and exploiting herself to get some kind of views and popularity i thought that was fucking brilliant still maybe she markets down exactly i thought that was brilliant still Marketing. you may not be you may not be the bitch that could do it and classy that's just same thing like kim kardashian i can tell everybody got fucking sex tapes out here but she turned it into a fucking multi-billion dollar company 
and included her motherfucking family. So, and it's like Madison. Yes, motherfuckers out here showing they dicks and da 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 da. But this bitch took her popularity from that video and turned it into I'm on Glee. Turned it into I'm on um, RuPaul Drag Race. Turned it in I'm on this show. Turned yeah, it into I'm show. on this show. I'm a, I'm I'm turning into a new brand. Now I got Queens Corp that everybody is watching and getting their kikis from with Kaya. So you see what I'm saying? I got a little show about stars. I got Lee Daniels on my on my Facebook Live. I'm doing the stars after show. She's fucking epic, and you gotta recognize a bitch when she's doing what she's supposed to do with her brand. And I I definitely respect her in regards to that. And while we on the subject of the Queen's Court, <laughs> Madison, don't let these motherfuckers see you crying and shit, bitch. We know you a fucking boss. We know you trying to build something of your own and you are doing well garnering your base we was gagged when monique came on your show we glad that you tried to make that happen and she was on that motherfucker <laughs> yes with all the technical difficulties blah 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 blah, blah, blah she was on there and what y'all should have did was what y'all y'all should have just start talking kaya as i don't know she was being petty and stupid for fucking running off and all that dumb shit but you should have asked her the good questions the technical shit was fucked up but you could have still got the tea that we wanted to hear we're not expecting no big ass um production no big ass you know we watching y'all because y'all down to earth and cool as fucking y'all not this big ass production we wanted the tea y'all should have asked her the questions y'all should have broke down that shit the netflix shit asked her the questions and went on with what the fuck we normally do i totally get that you tried to elevate it totally get it we know but you should have still got the tea and you shouldn't let these motherfuckers see you cry <laughs> that kind of pissed me off but um not that you cry but that they got to see you in your moment of stress but you know we still support you and you know we your fan base is here for you and we gonna be supporting you we see what you're trying to do and we are here for it that's why we stay watching it all everybody watch that joint what's crazy is i'll be seeing like a lot of cis women i know watching her show the uh -huh. king's court and stuff yeah. and they be getting their life and i be like wow and we for really whatever reason, up. it normalizes it. Yeah, sometimes she says some problematic shit, <laughs> and a lot, and and it, and she allows Kaya to say some problematic shit. <laughs> yeah, you can't be sensitive, though. You know, you but can't be you that can't. Sensitive. This is entertainment. Right. This is. I don't take it that seriously. She's an entertainer, and I remember somebody, um, because me and Madison talk like maybe like once every six months. And we just have long conversation because we come from really? like the same era. Yeah. And um, this one incident, she had um, somebody was reading her on in the comments. And my I think sh she misunderstood my comment. Basically, my comment was, why are y'all Madison is not an educator. This is my, my comment was she's not an educator. She is not a. um she's none of that kind of stuff that you putting on her she is an entertainer so be entertained let it go in in one ear and out the other it's, it's only meant to entertain you right. and we know that i don't expect to have the ex the perfect um political stance from madison 
I don't expect the perfect the perfect way to say something that the political politically correct way to say something for Madison. And I don't think she should be, she wants to be at that standard. I don't think she wants to be it and it's not fair. So why are you expecting it? So she, I think when she read the comments, she thought that I was kind of um, reading, reading. And she thought that, and we talked about it and she said, I felt like, I, I feel like you're not recognizing my growth. Uh, she okay. says now, yeah, I was, and she was like, I wouldn't even fucking call you if I didn't care about you, Diamond. Like, if you were just some random motherfucker, I don't give a fuck, but you're Diamond Styles. Uh (laughs) So, I, you've been on the internet, you've been somebody that I've watched and I respect it. So, I wouldn't care, I I wouldn't, if I didn't care, I wouldn't be calling you, but because I care about your opinion. And basically, she was like, you know, it's like you didn't, you're not recognizing my growth. And what she mean by, you know, yeah, I used to be, I used to say certain things like, you know, I'm just a fag with, you know, how she used to give the image that she just was a souped up gay male that wanted, that did all this to get dick, mm-hmm. which still could be true, but she, but she, she's grown from that and now she tell. shares the real, and, I, and yeah. I did, and I did recognize that that's what she was, but in that moment when I was talking to the other people, right. that's wasn't what I was trying to convey. Yeah, what I was yeah. trying to convey was, you know, let her be an entertainer. Right. Something like a like a Wendy Williams. Like this is a, her entertaining some, moments. Like yeah, get at your feelings. Sometimes, sometimes Wendy <laughs> Wendy is not gonna say the perfect politically correct thing, but she's saying what she feels because she's an entertainer. This is what I feel, and you may not like it, but this is me. This is my personality. This is what I think. I'm saying stuff maybe that other people believe, and right. I'm just saying it out loud because I want to say it. It may not be politically correct, but it is what it is. Right. Um, and I think that she's powerful in that. And when I got done with the conversation, I was like, yeah, I do see your growth. It wasn't about that. And I, th- I think she's powerful in regards to being that voice, that hood voice. that Because, you know, she does have some of that ratchet, unrefined. But that's what we like about but her. But that's, that's what, what we like. You yeah. get what I'm saying? Because I, I get ratchet, too. And then <laughs> we all do. Yeah, we all have that side. Yeah, we all got. If you, <laughs> if you urban, black, and... If you black period, you know what that is. Like, right. you know how it goes. This is how we do. And it's a part of our culture. And it's not saying that we are unrefined. It's just some things is just us. Right. Because of how we, you know, how we get down. How right. life has put us in a situation. We we don't sugarcoat shit. Because where we from, you can't sugarcoat shit. You right. just share your opinion. And that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... Big shout out to T.S. Madison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we love what you do. We want you to be great. I want Queen's Court to be on TV. We want y'all to get a show. Yes. <laughs> I'm That'd supporting it. Love it. So, I just want to know, do y'all want to be parents one day? I do. I do as well. And me specifically, I'm leaning towards bio, like biologically because I know that I will have a cute baby. And I want a baby. <laughs> I know that's, that's real. <laughs> and I want a baby that is bi- biologically part of me. But I struggle with that as a trans man because, you know, I would have to get pregnant. I can't just, you know, I'm not going to assume what y'all have between y'all legs, but I'm just not going to shoot. <laughs> just play it. I'm just not gonna shoot and be able to shoot anything and then, you know, not be pregnant for nine months. But expect you can do something like that, but it's super fucking expensive. We can exactly. do it the, the regular old fashioned way and make All it right. work. All right. <laughs> so I just wanna know, I've been seeing a few 
I've, no, I, not a few. I've come across one couple, and one is a cisgender woman, and it's a trans man, and, and a trans man. Um, and they decided to have a baby together, and I don't think the baby is related to him biologically in any way, but they decided to raise the baby in a non-binary way to the point where I'm just like, what is the baby's gender? And you know, me as a trans person, like I'm cool with the non-binary, but I just, um, like the baby will wear girl clothes one day, boy clothes one day. So it's just like, hmm. So I just want to know if whenever y'all become parents, if y'all become parents, how do y'all feel about that? Like, would you raise your child in the binary traditional standards? Isn't that still raising them in the binary? If you're just because you still are raising them in, you still are dressing them in girl clothes one day and dressing them in boy clothes another. That's still setting a binary standard. You're just not forcing them to choose one. Yeah. But you're no, still setting the standard. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> why would you do that? I don't child think it's would be confused. so confused. I, like I don't think it would be I don't think oh, it would girl. be confused. If it's raised like that from birth where the, you wear what you want to wear, I don't think the confusion comes when you have already set a boundary and then you're switching it up. Like, right, like right, if you right, already right, know right, that right. this is for boys, this is for girls, and then you're switching it up, then that creates confusion. But if you are born into that lifestyle where it's no, I can wear what I want, I don't think they'll be confused. Oh, and also they call the baby they and them. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, no. <laughs> I tried to be open-minded about it. I really did. But I was like, I wouldn't raise my baby like that. What? See where they're going. Like, children, okay, I want them to be able to- children do not come with a, a instruction manual, and nobody's way of my, parenting my is thing, the right way. You're my, right. My thing about it is how would the baby be able to function in a binary world mm. right now? That would be my concern. Right. It's cool and all at home, but you could you know teach your children self expression. You can wear whatever you want, baby, but. The baby, for me, I feel like would be it need to be able to function in a binary world. I agree. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, um, I, it's it's hard for me to say. So if I was a parent, let me think. I, d- I wouldn't raise them binarily. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Is that a word? I don't know. I wouldn't raise them in that way. Like that, where non, where they wouldn't have any gender, I would go with the assign, the assigned gender. Right. But if I feel when they get old enough to express, hey, this isn't right for me, let me go with the flow. Of course, I'm gonna be 100 percent supportive of right. their transition, but I'm gonna try to set them up to be as is normal normal the right word i don't know to set them to be up as normal i don't know what word but in the binary as possible traditional because i want them to be safe i want them to be right um set up for success Mm -hmm. but if they if they change, like if they decide, hey, this isn't for me, I'm gonna be one hundred percent supportive. Yeah. Right. But um 
But I want to set them up for success to live in this world, to have as much normal life as possible. Right. It's like if somebody asked me, Do, would you choose to have a trans child? Oh. I oh. personally wouldn't choose you to have it. But if I have, I, I want them to be normal so they can have less, less obstacles in right. life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would choose them. I, 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 if, I, if I would take care of them, if I did have one, mm-hmm. I would be loving and supportive and da, 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 if I did. But I wouldn't choose it. That wouldn't be something that I would choose to do. Um, so I would want to set my baby to be as set my baby up to be as normal as possible. And um, when I th- see things change, then I would adjust to the changes. So how would you decide to have you okay say okay i want a baby how do you think what route do you think you would go as far as creating it (laughs) oh do you have some donuts in there i want a donut let me have one um um i would want to go the biological way Mm -hmm. because i is some i want to see what traits my baby would take after I want to see the traits. I want to see the look. I want to see if he has his daddy's eyes or his mommy's oh. eyes. Mm-hmm. I want to see. I want to see all of those things. I want to see my mother in. Right. I want to see my mother in him. I want to see my grandmother in him. I want to see my brother. How he compares? Does he look like my brothers? Does he act like my brothers? So you feel like you gonna have a boy? Um, no, it could be anything. Oh, okay. No, I'm just saying. Like, oh, okay. I, I, that's why I started with like my grandmother. Da, oh, okay. da, so it could be anything. Okay. I don't care. What about you, me? I prefer to have a girl, though. <laughs> really? Me yes. yes. says she prefer to have a boy. I would prefer oh, to have a boy. no. Why not? I'm scared to have a boy. <laughs> I would love to have a girl. I would love to have a girl. Right. I would so love a either. a boy, but it's kind of a silly fear, but if I be honest about it. <laughs> I would feel like he would get a harsher time than a girl if somebody found out that his mom was trans. Really? A boy. Oh, so if you have kids, what age do you think you would tell them that you're trans? If you're going to tell them, would you tell them you're trans? Yes, they would automatically know. I have too many trans people conversations. (laughs) They would grow up with these conversations. So they would know trans meant something. Okay. Like it wouldn't be like a how am I do Marshall play and they don't know I'm trans. <laughs> <laughs> so what age do you think you would tell the kids? I feel like it would be a part of it's like you what age do you tell your child that they black? You're right. <laughs> You're right. It'll just be part of it'll just be normal. It'll just be like, normal conversation. Like right, right, you right. don't just sit down and say, Child, well. we're black. <laughs> <laughs> you can say child because we're black this is what we gotta do but oh, okay you see what i'm saying like you can have conversation to help them navigate the world as a black person but okay. you don't just say just in case you didn't know we're black <laughs> you don't have to have you you don't have to announce it so or when when do you have to announce that you're a mother you get what i'm saying like mm-hmm. to your child that you're you got it's like you you don't have there's certain things that will just come with oh, them so living it'll be like the child because i'm trans if anything right. okay because i'm trans this is how we have to maneuver in the world like i i feel like those conversations will come up later on i don't know like when if it's a girl when she has her period uh-huh. i'm gonna have to say baby you know, know we've, going on, we've been but... talking about <laughs> transness we know what transness is but because I'm trans, 
I can't tell you about this period thing you got go, about to have going on. <laughs> so we're going to get mama. <laughs> if my mother's still alive, we're going to, you know, we're going to have you talk to grandma <laughs> about this right here. Or Auntie Georgia. Or I have tons of women in my family that will 100% support me and be ready or willing to support that conversation. So That's I think right. we'll have kind of conversations like that. But just the... I'm hiding. I'm trans to my pet, my children. <laughs> right. Oh my god! No, uh-uh, I wouldn't. That wouldn't be type. I, this is gonna be creepy. What am I? Is this oversharing? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't give a fuck. Fuck y'all. <laughs> so my family is weird in the sense that this like. So my mom raised us in a house of almost like a nudist. So my mom don't mind being naked around her family like at all. (laughs) She be it. She from the time I was born till today, (laughs) my mother will be butt ass naked in front of you. No tea, no nothing. Low key, that's how my mama was. It's no sexual, nothing sexual, nothing. But all of us was like that. So all of her kids like that. Like my brother, <laughs> my brother, if he has anything wrong with his penis, he ain't got no mind pulling it out and saying, what's this diamond? Like if it's a bump on it or something. Like he, like it would be no, like, and it's not sexual at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. It's just super comfortable with nudity. And that, and I learned, it was funny because I had to learn that in a really awkward way. When I was young, <laughs> that people don't just be butt naked around people. <laughs> like, I came out of the bathroom at my friend's house just butt naked. <laughs> and, like, like, oh. no, and they like, you better go put some clothes on. You don't be walking around my house butt naked. <laughs> That's Miss Jeanette, my best friend. <laughs> My best friend was a boy, and when I was little, like around from the time I was like four to the time I was like seven and ten, and I w- I had came over his house, and I think I was like six, and we just walked out. We I took a shower, and I just walked out, <laughs> butt ass booty naked like it's no tea, <laughs> and his mother was like. <gasps> What are you doing? You need to put some clothes on. <laughs> and I was like, I did not. I felt so shamed. Like, I didn't know if I was supposed to feel shame or yeah. it was so weird. So, and I learned in that moment that our, no, everybody family wasn't like my family. And I went down and told my, because my mama lived in the, it's a, this, a, this apartment was like a, um, a three unit apartment building. Like you had somebody living in the bottom. It's not a complex. It's like, a, it's just a building one family unit in the bottom, one family unit on second floor, and one family unit on third. So we lived on the bottom, and PJ, my best friend, his mom lived on top. And so I went, I immediately went downstairs and told my mama what happened. She was like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, she's like, damn, I should have told you. <laughs> she was like, oh, no, baby. They, everybody don't do that. You only do that at home. <laughs> but that's just how our family was. And I really think that I'm going to be like that. Where nudity isn't really a um a thing. Yeah, I'm like, Mom, um, I saw another I saw a lot of women that look like you and they don't have a pee pee. <laughs> yeah. So. It, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna have those conversations. <laughs> so they gonna have some queer fuck <laughs> concepts. <laughs> Baby. At least I'll be open minded. Uh, yeah, so it's it's gonna be I don't know. I don't I, I haven't really thought that out totally (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. but 
maybe I'll cover up a little bit. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I haven't. It just depends on the situation. Right. So what about you, Mia? How do you, which, which route would you take if you have kids? It does depend. It, for me, it kind of depends on who I'm dating at the time I want to have kids. But I'm leaning towards biological either way. I've always, like, I think I've discussed this in a different show. I've always wanted to, always wanted to be biologically just because, I mean, who doesn't want to see a child and see yourself and your characteristics and, I think that's so beautiful. But, I mean, no. I can't say that I would be here for adopting. I'm not I'm not saying I'm totally against it, but if that was a, the last resort, okay. The second resort would definitely be... Um, I've seen too many movies to adopt. A surrogate. You've seen too what? <laughs> too many movies to want to adopt 100%. Oh, <laughs> with the little kids end up being crazy. Or, or a killer. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So but no, um, yeah, I would definitely want it to be biologically. So what age do you think you would tell your kid? Like, would you tell your kid that you're trans? Yeah, I definitely would. Okay. I, would I would tell them just because, I mean, it is who I am. Like, I wouldn't pretend to be someone that I'm not. Because right. eventually they'll find out. But, okay, so my niece and my nephew... Know, I know my nephew doesn't know, but I think my niece does. <laughs> but she don't say anything. But then again, she might not know. I don't know. But I'm still kind of like in the funk. Like, when, when would I tell them? But I know they wouldn't care. But the way that her people presented it, her father uh-huh. was like, you know, like he said in a malicious way, like, oh, you, we're definitely going to tell them um, that your sister is a man. And... I can't wait to tell them. And I'm just like, okay. What? Like, almost like trying to turn them against me. But I'm just like, bruh. Like, I'm I the one raise that. These kids. Yeah, I'm the, yeah, I helped raise them. I busted my ass while you was. Well, anyways, we ain't going to go into <laughs> my personal life like that. But yeah, so. It's going to gag you, though. I, I feel not in a negative way, but it's going to gag you because I, I kind of was in a situation like that. Mm-hmm. So my Aunt Georgia. Hey, Aunt Georgia. Actually, their birthdays was yesterday. Yay. Oh, so my Aunt Georgia. Aunt Georgia. Oh, Georgia. And, uh, her birthday <laughs> and the girls I'm about to talk about. She had twins. Okay. She had a oh, son wow. and then she had twins oh. after after him. No, ma'am. Um, mm-hmm. And at that time, she was going through a divorce. Me and her had met before, but. When I moved to Mississippi, she just was like my girl. Like, she just, uh, she's actually, and she's my mother's aunt that just so happened to be younger than my mother. Hmm. So she's my grandfather's youngest daughter, but she had, he had her after my mom was already like three years old. Mm-hmm. So she's my mother's literal aunt, but she's just younger than my mother. So when, when we met each other, she was just on some Bible thumping ass fucking bible thumping shit where she was thought that me being trans was a face and so she would be quoting scriptures and she would be she she just would be bible thumping (laughs) me down and i just would come right back at her with facts and then judging her (laughs) (laughs) and so this battle between us kind of led us to liking each other and then (laughs) it's kind of weird um (laughs) Because it, at the same time of us being battling, mm-hmm. she would be um, 
Like she would need me and I would help her out and then I would need her and she would help me out. Like I remember when I first went to college, my first semester in college, my mother was on drugs at the time and she um she gave me twenty dollars. Huh. The whole three years of my college experience, my mother gave me twenty dollars. That's it. <laughs> I didn't have no money. I was washing my clothes in the sink at the school. I was because at the the first my first semester there, we didn't have a laundromat at the school. They built one my first year, but my first semester they didn't have a um they didn't have a laundromat. So um and I didn't know anybody. I didn't have nobody to take me car to take me to a laundromat. It was so like weird. So um I was washing my clothes and fucking um until I found the laundromat. It was weird. So. I didn't have no coins. <laughs> and my aunt would come and fill up my refrigerator with food and give me a little pocket money so I can go buy me a cute wig and a cute outfit. So my aunt, so at the same time of her Bible thumping, she would do little shit. She would be in my corner. So we started to like each other. And it really was just a healthy debate. It wasn't like she was yeah, mean. Bashing. It wouldn't mean and, and shunning me. It was like, I think you're going to, it was from a place of care. Like, I think you need to get mm-hmm. out of this phase because here in Mississippi, it's going to harm you. Mm-hmm. And that's where she was. She's the total opposite now. She done been with women. She done, <laughs> she's a total changed woman now. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> the girls were born in 2001 and the boy was born in 98. And so when I, we became cool, in 99, I was helping her raise them. Like, I, like their father wasn't shit. I was c- using my off time to come and help her so she can get on her feet. And she's chasing after her whack-ass husband. And just a lot of bullshit she was going through. And she needed a lot of assistance having twins and a young boy. Mm-hmm. And so I would babysit them, change their diapers, all the things that I did with my little brothers. And... We just, I just grew really, really close to them. And so now they're like 18 and 17 and 16. Mm -hmm. So around 12, when they were like, like, no, he was like 13 and they were like 10. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there like, mind you, I've never had a conversation about transness with them. And I never asked anybody else, did they have conversations about my transness with them? And one day they just sitting, we're just sitting playing the video game, and the little the boy who's thirteen, he was like, I can't remember how the conversation came up, but he says, Yeah, Mama told us that you was trans long time ago, so we knew, and we don't care, we love you anyway, so can't nobody say shit about you, Diamond. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Stop cussing. <laughs> <laughs> he said, ooh, he covered his mouth. Like, ooh, I didn't mean to cuss. <laughs> but it was funny and so sweet and kind of got me emotional because I didn't, it popped me because I didn't even know that they had had the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the girls were sitting right there and they was like, yeah, um, we don't care. We love you. And we've been around you all of our life. And ain't nobody going to tell us that you a bad person, no matter what. And these is 10 years old. And it was so, 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 so cute. So now, fast forward, one is the first black female to be um, on their freshman debate team at her school. No. So she's super, super proud. And one of her, one of her, um, 
one of her projects that she she was about to do a project and um about um about minorities and the minority chose was trans minorities oh wow and she did like a speech and she just pointed out statistics and all this kind of <laughs> stuff and i was like oh <laughs> let me somebody she, cut an onion she called me and asked me she called and asked me um questions and i was like oh <laughs> yes and she was just so on it and I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. And I love to know, you know, it just makes me feel good knowing that I was, I impacted their life and they were able to see an example to see, because a lot of people don't see our heart that early on. Like mm-hmm. they have, they have whatever media right. puts up against us. The picture of what we are is really like really fake. We're prostitutes, right. we're da, 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 da. But people like your niece and nephew are gonna already know your heart and know you as a person. Right. You, you ain't gotta worry saying? about that. <laughs> Not that you have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, you ain't gotta but worry about you it. see what I'm saying? They're gonna know <laughs> they're gonna know your heart and already know this is my example of a trans person. This is my my Aunt Mia who babysitted me, who bought me this when I needed, who did this, who disciplined me, who did all, <laughs> who do all these, you know, do was like my second mother. Uh, so you can't, nobody can come and tell them some kind of lie about trans people because they right. already know it. And right. that's what this situation taught me. Exactly. I'm scared because my niece, she, people still be getting the pronouns fucked up. And I know she's too young for me to Is put it your all people? that. Is it your people? Yeah. Okay. And I know it's too young. It's too she too. She's five. I feel like she's kind of too young for me to try to explain. Like I always ask her sometimes to uh, to see what she thinks. I'd be like, Chloe, am I a boy or a girl? She'd be like, a boy. But Big Mama, blah blah blah. Me and Big Mama was trying to figure out if you was a girl or a boy, and we both said we don't know. And I'm like, but I told you I'm a boy. So cause like, she was born. I didn't start transitioning until she was like two. So I'm just like, she knows that I present as a guy, but everybody else is all in their head like I'm a girl. So it's like, I feel like I feel kind of resentment towards a lot of people because I feel like they fucked that up and they confusing her. But I feel like as time as go- time goes on, she'll be like, oh, that's my uncle. Mm-hmm. But right now it's frustrating because I know she's at an age where it's, pr- it's really ripe. And it's kind of important to teach them the binary world, I guess I would say, mm. for them to kind of function, especially if all they know is heteronormative stuff. So it's just like, and she's not trans or nothing. So it's just like, I kind of just go with the flow. But you, I feel like you had the privilege of them growing up and them just seeing you as you, you know? Mm-hmm. And people already kind of got the pronouns on lock and they don't just misgender you in front of the kids. Baby, because I'm that girl, I'll get you. What? I'll get you together yeah, in front of the yeah. kids. So it's but frustrating. I, but yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of a think of a way to present it towards her, but I feel like she's still too young. So I'm just like, what age do y'all think? But she grew up around me, so I'm just like, it don't really matter to her. I'm just her yeah yeah she mm-hmm. called me yeah yeah mm-hmm. so <laughs> i really don't know <laughs> yeah I, don't, I, I think like m- middle school god that's a long ass time 
What about know, it? I feel like that's like when you oh, really school. understand it. When you learn about all the important information. I don't know. That's too. When you can express to me that you want to know, that's when it's time for me to explain it. All right. Like if you, if you can come and say, hey, Auntie Diamond. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what's the tea, girl. Yeah, she has. <laughs> like you can say. Mm. Yeah, she hasn't come to me and be like, yeah, yeah. Why do they keep calling your girl? Yeah, she don't do that. But she'll be like, yeah, we was having to talk. And I'm just confused why they keep calling you girl. I don't get it. She's at that. But <laughs> I, see, to me, that age is the time that I would explain. Really? If you're asking, if you're observant enough to ask me that and say, they keep calling you a girl, but you look like a boy to me. Yeah, I'm just like, how do I explain that? I would just say, I'm a boy. I don't know why I, I they do. keep calling me a girl. I do. I do. I'd be like, I don't know why. I don't get it. And then she'd be like, but I remember a long time ago. She has great memory. I remember a long time ago, mommy called you her sister. And I don't get it. And I'll be like, I don't get it either. Your mommy's just silly. She's crazy. <laughs> like, that's what I would do. Well, you know I'm a boy. I'm telling you I'm a boy, so I'm a boy. Great. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. It's just heartbreaking sometimes. But um let's see. I didn't ask you if you would raise your Mia, I didn't ask you if you would raise your kids in a traditional uh binary way. I definitely would, but I w- I would definitely I'm I would be open minded if they decide to go outside of of the binary and just I would I would oh sorry go ahead what were you gonna say <laughs> I think I would do what my parents did just let me be me tell me okay you're a girl and this is how you're gonna navigate in the world this is how people are gonna see you blah 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 you, you're gonna be seen as a girl but they let me dress however I wanted to dress. They let me express myself. You want to play sports? Okay, great. You want to lean towards this? Okay, great. And then, you know, be like, you're a pretty baby girl. But it made me realize, oh, wait, I'm not a girl. So I don't resent them raising me in uh in that type of context telling me who but I am. But do you think it undermines what we're trying to change or what we're trying to get the world to go to? Um, Not really, just because they let me express myself in because they let me express myself no i'm talking about with your child like i you know we our goal oh you mean like assume gender like you know how we our goal is to get the world to let people be whatever expressions of gender that they want to be is that is that y'all goal that's my goal so i don't i don't want to assume y'all goal what are y'all goals in regards to what why are you activists why are you here expressing your transness in this way and trying to change the world what what are you trying to get them to change to my goal is to just for people to mind their business like get used to seeing this type of person and get over it Mm, what about you i just want people to be i want people to be educated about our transness like i feel like when people are more educated they're less likely to be violent or ignorant about certain situations when you when you know more about a situation like a certain topic or thing you're not confused you don't have all these misleading information from hearsay and what groups of people have said so i for me i think for younger the people the generation that's coming Mm-hmm. I feel in order, my goal is to get the world to be able to allow people, whatever gender that they 
want to do, want to express. However, the middle, the closer to film, closer to mask, whatever it is, I want them to be able to express it without consequence, without negative consequence. And so for me, kind of feel like if I'm trying to push this normal in quotation marks this normal binary male female woman man these standards that this world already has that I'm actively trying to undo isn't it me trying to get them to live the binary kind of undermining that in their life yeah my parents didn't make me live the binary okay yeah they was just like you're a girl, you have a vagina, this is how you navigate in the world. You know, just like regular people would do, like just assume the gender just because you just assume that it matches. But me, it would be, I wouldn't push gender too much. You know, I wouldn't make it seem like it's a differential thing from the other gender. Like I just wouldn't make gender a big deal. I wouldn't even really mention gender that much. You know what I mean? But I'll just be like, okay, this is how you're going to navigate in the world. This is how people are going to see you. So, you know, however you want to express yourself, that's fine. But, you know, my parents were really laid back. So I would be like that. Yours were not. No, mine's, my, oh, Lord. (laughs) 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 Like, I wouldn't, Lord. My, My mom definitely one of those army very Bible thumper, but she's changed. She's changed a lot now. She still, she still be telling me, you know, I'm not gonna judge you. You can only answer to God, I, <laughs> but I still love you. And <laughs> but um, which is which is a good thing. Yeah, it is you because know, it was better than what it was. <laughs> like, girl, well, every every day I got a revelation quote, a uh, scripture, <laughs> baby. But, <laughs> but she. She she definitely changed, but my um dad yeah he I grew up to him calling me a faggot and that was definitely in, engraved in my memory. But that's not how I will raise my child. Like I will definitely raise him or her in ways that they're they're open to express themselves. Like I, I like don't would you let your child wear a dress to school if it was a boy? Oh. Kindergarten, yes. I'm going to school and I want to wear this dress. It depends on what it was for. Like, it's my first. It? It's my first day of school, and I want to wear this dress. I don't want to wear these pants. I would. I'd be like, why? And then if they give me, if they give me a good reason, reason why? Like, is he dressed up at school today? <laughs> so a five-year-old needs to give you a reason why. <laughs> if yeah, it's, you if it's even because I want reason, to. Like, oh, and what if he says it's because I want to? I'll be like, okay, cool. I like this better. If you can give me a reason really and not just doing it, yeah, just not just doing it because you see somebody else doing it. Okay, or be like, because I've seen. The me. Like, I'll be like, what? It would. It, <laughs> <laughs> it would. It would have to be a, a reason, like because I, I want like, to. Because you want to. <laughs> if it was a boy, he just wanted to wear a dress because he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, yeah. I would honestly, because little kids don't care. They're not gonna get bullied. And I would have to chaperone. <laughs> if if I would have to go up there, I would be. I would say, okay, yeah, you can. Yeah. So yes, you would. We you can, but we going together today, so I can punch <laughs> everybody in their face <laughs> <laughs> when they decide to try you at recess. 
but I'll be on the sidelines. I'll be here if somebody bother you. But baby, go ahead. Oh Lord, well y'all opposite to me. Really? You wouldn't? No. Why? No. Why? Because I am the parent, (laughs) and you gonna wear what I tell you to wear at five years old. Now, when you get a little bit older and you develop, and you develop a sense of some type of queerness, and I'm sensing it. And you can express what to if me. they what if they express in queerness At already? Five years old. <laughs> <laughs> they they there's trans kids. They yes, the, yes. So uh, you're right. And so I would be one of them parents that I bought these clothes. <laughs> That's what my sister said. I bought these clothes, and at five years old, you're not going to tell me what you're going to do. I'm I'm sorry. Now, when you get seven, <laughs> seven, I can because I feel like seven, six ish, six is getting kind of weird. But seven, <laughs> eight, I'm like, you got you. This is a little. This I can. I, we can talk. We can have a full conversations. I would be. I feel like okay. At five, I'll be like, okay, you can wear the dress as long as you wear your Buzz Lightyear shoes. <laughs> you gonna wear what I? You ain't gonna have no dress to wear. <laughs> like, you're right. You're right. You're, you're right. I wouldn't buy a dress. Okay, but we'll, okay. <laughs> so we, you know, we always get on the boys for playing with girls' toys and all that extra. No, I wouldn't. So if it was but not a, you playing with girls' toys, no. Okay, really? so if it was a, oh, if it oh, was a girl and she wanted to wear a suit to church, I mean, not to church, but to to school. That would be bad. Like Angelina Jolie's She went to wear child. a suit for picture day. She was fine. I want to wear a suit. I don't know. I don't, not no suit. I wouldn't buy my daughter no damn suit. Why? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. At five years old, I'm buying all your clothes. Like, you don't have no input in what, I'm, what I, you get to wear. Here's, here's <laughs> the me. thing about no. me. My parents could sense the tomboy. So they would... They would entertain the. I want to wear basketball shoes. I want to wear Timberland looking boots. I would want to, but of course, when it came to church, I was wearing dresses and you know. But they let me explore. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, don't, I think I don't, it's more lenient to girls than it is to. It is. It is. It is. It really is. But yeah. I feel like it shouldn't be a difference if you a boy or a girl. That's the whole point. I don't want it to be gender is a... Because it's like, I used to be like, how come I can't carry the boxes? Like, the teachers would be like, I need boys to come. And I'd be like, why can't I carry the boxes just because I'm this girl, you say? Yeah, like, I don't, I don't like want that. it to be... I wouldn't be like that. It's just something about clothes and how you're presenting to the world that I feel, like you said, how you gonna come into the... I need to be at the school to make sure nobody's bullying you. Baby. And I feel like that. I feel like You're I'm right. not I'm gonna be at work. I'm gonna be I'm not gonna always be around. And so you running around in this dress is asking for a problem that I can't protect you from. What about to the park? And I can't trust It's <laughs> asking for problems that I can't <laughs> protect you from. Even if we at the park, like I feel like it's gonna cause problems. That at five, I'm not ready for. I won't be. I as a parent won't be ready for at five. Mm. At you're right. That's seven, right. eight, nine, ten. Those areas, I feel like you have developed in those in, in those years enough for me to to for you to have a conversation with me to why I want to do this. It's not just spur the moment. I'm just doing it. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think I want to give my child that much freedom at five. Mm-hmm. I want to give them freedom as the years go. And it's really about development. Like if I got some super fucking advanced five-year-old, then it might my mind might change. <laughs> but if I have the five-year-olds that I know, right. no, I, I get to tell you what you... Now, of course, I'm not going to be in, no, you got to wear blue. You got to wear... But a dress is really gender specific. Right. And... I feel like it's going to give you looks. It's going to give you even from teachers. You see what I'm saying? Even not just from kids, from other kids, but from teachers, they might treat you differently. I, I, mm. it's, I want you to be, we're going to wean ourselves into freedom. <laughs> we're going to give you the more, the more mature you get, the more freedom you get. Mm-hmm. When I'm that person. I'm like, I will, I make the rules early on. And then as you prove to me through conversations and through actions that you can handle yourself, that you can, you know, you know what this world is going to serve and you can handle it. Mm-hmm. That's when my freedom hand gets a little bit looser. This is an analogy that I heard and I thought it was perfect. So say you got your palm out. So everybody raise their palm out. Palm. So your palm is out, raised to the sky. Say you put a spring. Y'all know what a spring is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say you put a spring in the palm of your hand, like a really, really strong spring. So mm-hmm. you take your other hand and put it over the spring that's in your hand. Right. If you squeeze that spring and try to keep it in your hand, if you squeeze it, it's, your arms is going to get tired. Your hand is going to get tired to try to put in all this pressure on the spring. And right. you're going to end up letting go, and the spring is just going to go for you. <laughs> If you hold the spring in your hand and immediately let it go without anything, it's going to fly off and, and out of your hand. And you it's going to fly way over here. And you're not going to be able to control it. But if you right. take that spring and slowly release pressure, mm-hmm. slowly, 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 slowly lift your hand off. Mm-hmm. When you lift your hand up, that spring is going to be sitting right there in your hand the way you formed it. Right? Right. It's going to be right there. And that's kind of like a perfect analogy for me of how I feel like I'm going to raise my children, where how I want them to be in the world. Yes, they're going to be once they get older, they're going to be free to be whatever they want to be, of course. But as a child, I want to be able to teach you the basics to survive and the norms of the world. When you want to break the norms for social purposes. Great. Once you're able to explain to me that this is what you're doing great i got your back i'll go to bat with you but it ha- i have to slowly give you freedom and let you free slowly so that you can make your own decisions and develop right in the way that i want you to develop to me all right so you would say in a way you don't really agree with the parents i talked about earlier them like changing like outfits on not the for my child right like i want you if you i would never judge somebody if that's how you want to do your child go for it baby let's see how that works out cool because uh-huh. you, your children might be great it might work for you so well mm-hmm. for me no not my child i want my child to live with the norms and i'm young i'm not old so i don't know what's going to happen by the time i have a child but what i'm going to be thinking and da 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 how the world is going to change me in my mind but right now i'm them people i'm that person that will be a parent that at that young of an age like that 5 mm-hmm. 3 4 5 6 i make the rules you follow I, I i set the standards and i teach and i 
get you to that to a point that where you want to be develop you and then once you're able to have conversations with me about expressing yourself that's then then i feel like they're mature enough conversations then i'll give you the more and more freedom yeah to do what you want i'm here for that yeah that's just me that makes sense though i just gotta be a fan of reality because i'm pretty sure if my niece was like yeah i want to wear these lebrons I'll be like, okay. But if it was a girl, like, I mean, a dude, like, <laughs> a little boy, like, okay, say, Kaden, your, your nephew. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, I want to wear some sandals today, like, with um the frozen girl on them. Elsa. It Elsa. would be a no. <laughs> right. For my sister, it would definitely be a no. He was playing. Mm, it's just like that. Can't play with girl toys. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. But that's uh-huh. her way of thinking. So I can't. Mm. I'm just like, okay, you know. Yeah. But the girl has freedom. The girl can wear boy shoes. Right. Um. My my niece wear Jordans and all yeah. that. But that's that that mm. hetero. Yeah. So we give the girls the freedom and the boys, but then we kind of say that we don't give them the freedom. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like it's kind of weird. Like we 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 and and I've seen that and I've seen that in the world. It's like it's we, like people like to control freedom. Like we can give them the queer clothes. Like we can put them in pants. We can put them in tims. We can the girls a little girl in Jordans and, Jordans and you know that kind of stuff. But the boys is way stricter. But they want to control girls' bodies. I think it's different. Like because to dress like a boy, it'll keep men away from you more probably so it's just like oh you can do that it's more so with Until controlling women's bodies teens, and it's like oh you need it's to not cute like anymore you start need to dress, you start need to stop dressing like yeah. a boy and dress like a girl because how you gonna get a man right <laughs> control okay I can, see that. <laughs> I can see that right well that's about it we have one thirty-one. Weird out. What a conversation. You got the question for today, Diamond. I always be waiting for the question. <laughs> I always remind you to, you know, lost the book. Where the book at? <laughs> I was right there in the handy dandy. No, this is the cookbook. Oh, girl. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry. Oh, I'm hungry too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the book is at, but I have a question. Okay. So this is Black History Month. What do you want people to say about you a hundred years from now? He just kept it real. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he just kept it real. Like, it is what it is. I have never thought about that. That is a very in-depth question. But I do know that one of my greatest fears is to be forgotten. Mm. So I don't know what I want people to remember, but hopefully whatever it is, I'll make an impact and I'm mm. never forgotten. Gotcha. Um, I want people to say that I inspired them to be whoever they wanted to be and be, be a better person than they left the world. That's it. Just be you, whoever you want to be, however you want to express yourself, be comfortable, love yourself in that expression and... You know, she was a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she was a baddie. She was a bad bitch. Yes. I'm so, here for that. So, all right, y'all. We hope y'all enjoyed this long ass show. <laughs> and we will see y'all next week. Good night. Good, Good night. morning. Good night. Whatever. Bye. <laughs>
<laughs> well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) y'all.